Hi, I'm Marika and welcome to Money Chill Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading floors in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. Today, I'm inviting Laura. She's 27, lives in London, and created a website called by her name Laura and More to help you be financially stable. On a page and with thousands of Instagram followers, she is documenting and sharing a money journey to save £35,000 by the age of 27. She wants to show you how you can save money while still having fun as she realizes the freedom money can give. Talking about all aspects of saving, budgeting, clearing a debt and investing, she's here to help you feel empowered and in control of your money. So let's go straight to step one, as everything starts with your money mindset. Let's see what it encompasses and what we can do with it. So hi, Laura, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, great. Super happy to have you on this podcast, so thanks for joining yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. And actually, I've met you in a Yogiko where you talked about money mindset. And I think it's a great subject as the, your relationship with money, the way you've been raised with the topic and how at ease you are really impacts a lot of things. So let's dig into further into the psychology of money. Yeah, no, let's do it. <laughs> so how open and at ease are you with discussing money? Is it something that is a regular topic with your family and friends? Yeah, definitely. Like now, ever since starting the blog and my Instagram, I we talk about money all the time, especially between me and my friends. Like it's good because we find that we are helping each other, like go for pay rises and try to get promotions. And, you know, if we're being someone's being underpaid, it's good to talk about it. But I find that um, between me and my friends, it makes a massive difference. So sharing info basically empowers each other. Yeah, definitely. And I think that especially when, you know, we've had friends who've been maybe in some financial difficulties, she was able to talk really openly about it and we were able to help her and it made it such a better scenario for her to be able to work through it just by us talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually interesting because you don't have a financial background. You actually studied at a grammar school. So how did your interest in having hands-on finances come? So it kind of came all from like just my own personal experience. You know, we all have to deal with money, right? It's a part of everyone's lives. And I chose not to go to university and you know, I started to acting. But I what I did is I saved 
£15,000 by the time that I was 22 because I wanted to move on to another drama school. And then what ended up happening is my friends invited me to go travelling. And really last minute, like at the drop of the hat, I ended up choosing to go travelling and I deferred my place at drama school. When I came back from travelling, I realised that that decision that I made was based purely on which one I wanted to do it wasn't based on whether I could afford it or not and that's what made me be like oh my god like money is amazing it can give you all these opportunities it can give you freedom and that's when I started talking about it online so I kind of got into my interest in finance just through that experience really Mm -hmm. so starting from scratch yeah and why did you choose to like share content online and about your money journey did you miss information did you miss kind of the same people you could identify yourself with or where is it coming from yeah I think it was sort of it sort of happened accidentally in the way of I started talking about it because when I came back from traveling everyone was like how did you manage to just do that at the drop of a hat you know like how did you have so much money saved um so that's kind of where I started talking about it and the more I spoke about it the more I realized that people weren't doing a lot of the stuff that I taught myself So it wasn't necessarily that I missed out on all of the information. It was that I was hearing from people around me, like my friends, that they were missing out on it. And then it wasn't really till I dived into it a bit more. But I was like, actually, there's really not that many people openly talking about it. And that's kind of where I was able to open that conversation up and be quite relatable because, you know, a lot of the people who were talking about it are sort of old men. And I'm a young female. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So you, you see an opportunity, a big gap that you could fill in. Yeah, exactly. And it did happen like, and I probably everybody said this, but it did happen like quite accidentally, like just by chance. I started talking about it, more people got interested. Then obviously, you know, COVID happened and um, everyone was worrying about their money. So we're sort of on the lookout more for that kind of information. And then it just kind of took off from there. That's great. So let's go into the money mindset. Can you tell us what it is and why it is so important? Yeah, so your money mindset is essentially it's a combination of things in regards to how you think and feel about money. And that affects what drives your behaviours. So how you save money, how you spend money, and how you handle it. And it's something that comes from a range of things. So you have your money story, which is the experiences that you have as a child growing up and what that helps or makes you think about money as an adult so what you experience from a young age with your parents and your environment and then that forms your money beliefs so the way that you view money now and all of these things make up your money mindset so it's like the way that you talk to yourself your how you value your time how you value money all of those things and it affects basically all of the decisions you make about money because we think that we make them based on logic so we think that we use the right, the left side of our brain actually what happens is when it comes to decisions around money they're very emotional decisions and they're happening from the right side of our brain so it's very much like you know when you have a budget and you know that you can't afford something but maybe in the moment you spend it anyway and go over budget and then afterwards you go oh like I knew I didn't have that money why didn't I do it it's because in that moment you were making a decision off of an emotion not off of logic and that sort of is is where your money mindset is related really to that 
Mm-hmm. And I love these kind of things because we often, as you said, think we're super logical and we have a path and we should follow it, but still <laughs> life comes in and, and then it changes. So how do you think your money mindset can hold you back? Is it because you give yourself excuses or do you think like money and investment are way too complex so you don't even try to, to put your hands in it? It's different for everybody. It's so broad. So all of us will have some form of money mindset. It could be positive. It could be negative. It could be a combination, depending on, on you know what part of your finance we're talking about. But everybody has one. The way that it could hold you back is going to be individual to you. So if we look at me, for example, I grew up in a house. You know, we didn't have heaps of money, and my belief was that it was hard to make money. So when I started earning money at like 16, it made me hold on to it because my mindset was that if I spend my money, I'm not going to be able to replace it. So I started saving straight away. How that manifested for me as an adult was that I then struggled to spend my money and I'd feel really guilty spending anything, even on things that I needed. That's just one way that, you know, that was holding me back. Super interesting. And how does your money mindset impact your money? And I really like it on your website when you talk about the self-fulfilling prophecy, where basically when you have a positive attitude, everything positive can happen. Yeah, like I think that we forget the power of our words and our thoughts. Like I'm very much a believer of your thoughts create your reality because whatever you think and whatever you're saying is what you're doing. So that's your actions. And whatever your actions are, that makes up your daily life. And that is your reality. So we have to remember um, the way that we think and feel about things has a massive impact on how we act. So if we're thinking about our money mindset, if we're constantly saying things like, I'm so broke, I'm so poor, I'm never going to make any money, I don't have any money, so why bother? If you're saying things like that, which in your subconscious is a way of protecting yourself, what you're actually doing is you're reinforcing that behavior. So then when something happens and you maybe make a move with your money that, you know, wasn't the most sensible, instead of seeing it as a mistake to correct, you just put it down to going, oh, well, I'm bad with money anyway. And the cycle repeats itself. But the same thing can happen when you're being positive. And if you convince yourself, right, I'm learning how to be good with money or I'm learning how to um, manage my money properly. So the things that we say have a massive impact on how we actually handle our money. How can you tell if you have a negative money mindset? So is it linked with the way you feel and the first few words that come into your mind when you first think about either money, investing or forecasting? Yeah, definitely. So... One of the things, the exercises that I like to do with people, it's really good to journal because it's a really good way to get any of your thoughts and feelings down on paper so you can then analyse them. But the most important thing to do is start to notice the words that you say when you think about money. So just money in general, when you think about saving money, when you think about spending money, like ask yourself how those things make you feel and start to recognise the words and the language that you use. And naturally, you'll start to notice patterns of things that you say. It might be phrases that you find yourself saying or a feeling, for example, you know, when people talk about money, it might make you cringe or clam up or feel a bit anxious. They're things to start to recognize. And you can link those emotions and those words to figure out if you have a negative mindset towards money or towards saving or towards spending. That indication will be the place that you can start to make a change. But you have to notice, first of all, the types of things that you're saying and feeling so that acknowledgement is kind of the first step Mm -hmm. and I quite like the idea of the journal I think the mind often forgets so once 
you are aware there are few things that you should work on, which is the first step, as you said. How do you create good habits? So I think that there's, it depends what it is that you're looking to create good habits for. So every year I like to create a set of financial goals. And part of that is about having habit-based goals. So the habit might be to get into the habit of saving, to get into the habit of checking your bank account, things, little things like that that make you feel like you're progressing towards whatever your goal is. When it comes to your mindset, the different like creating good money mindset habits it's about I like using affirmations so finding an affirmation that is the opposite of what your belief is just little phrases that you can say to yourself that start to reprogram your beliefs and at first they probably feel really silly saying them because you're like well I don't believe that (laughs) but the important thing is that the more you say it and you repeat it to yourself your brain will start to get sort of used to that. And then hopefully what it will do is it will start to pick up in your environment on little things that support that belief. And that's a really good habit for your money mindset. Start to work these affirmations into your day, whether that's you do them first thing in the morning, maybe you write them on your mirror, maybe you set a timer on your phone so you remind yourself to do it, all stuff like that. And they're a good way to get into a good money mindset habit. Cool. So, so it's a lot of visualization, basically. You can do it, let's do it. And then setting probably really specific goals and pretty achievable so that you're not discouraged after like few weeks or days that it's not working. So actually realizable goals so that you can actually track them and celebrate the small wins. Yeah, exactly. All about celebrating small wins because I think they get over you sometimes forget the little things add up to make the bigger picture it's not just about the bigger things it's about the things that you're doing on a daily basis that give you a good foundation and I definitely see like your money mindset as the foundation you build up on top of that so when you've got your good money mindset on top of that you can put practical systems in place like a budget a savings plan an investment plan all of those things all the practical tools but you have to get the money mindset right first so you can build on top of that exactly knowing yourself first exactly and what you want to do with it yeah so when you've acknowledged the need that you actually want to change and need to change what could be the few reasons you may still struggle and how do you link it with financial stress which happens to a lot of people yeah financial stress is definitely something that even more so within the last sort of year and a half has been a big issue for people and as we know like there's a massive link between money and mental health financial stress isn't about the numbers it's not about you know there's people who are really stressed out about their money even those who are making a lot of money it's more about your feelings towards it and how you view money and whether you view money as a tool or whether you view it as a burden so I think if you've acknowledged the want to change it's about educating yourself about the best way to change I think I guess one thing to say to people listening is like it's a process it doesn't happen overnight it's something that you have to work at constantly you know to to get into the right headspace and know that you're working towards your goal and that you're progressing so if you want to make a change and what are the first thing that you would recommend doing So I think one of the first things you could do, like I said before, after you've acknowledged maybe the types of things that you're saying or what you think is your area that you struggle in and you start to focus on your language. So making a change to the phrases that you say and to the words that you're using. And I also like to 
I'm a very visual learner, so I created a vision board back when I was saving money. And for me, that really helped because I was able to change my view of money by accepting that it was okay to want more money or to want to save money or to want to spend money. And by having a vision board that has money-related goals on there, that helps you get really comfortable on a mindset side of things around the idea of using money as a tool and not being scared or ashamed of money. So I always recommend that. And then I guess on a practical side, it's giving yourself the education around personal finance so that you have the basics of knowing how to budget knowing what you know creating financial goals and putting these practical steps in place but the place to start with that is with education around personal finance because that way you can connect the emotional to the practical and it's the combination that will help you start to improve definitely and I think as what you said earlier was a super interesting accountability thing so if you speak if you start to speak about your friends or like with someone kind of an expert in that field definitely you'll get encouraged to make efforts and to really stick to them because you know <laughs> in a few weeks or something you're going to speak to them again and you really want to show that you've improved so so I really like that point yeah I think having an accountability partner someone you trust whether it's a family member a friend a partner and um, that you feel you can comfortably talk openly to about money and saying look I really want to make these changes that has a massive impact because like you say you can have somebody to lean on and to support you yeah so your goal is to save 35,000 pounds by the age of 27 so can you tell us a bit more and how does it compare to your yearly salary like in terms of percentage of saving compared to your net income for example yeah, so the goal was to hit that number by 27, which I have already done. But it actually changed because my original plan was to have it all saved. Before I learned about investing, I wanted it all saved. And then sort of about a year and a bit ago, I learned about investing um, and realized that it's not good to have all my money saved in cash in a savings account and that some of it should be invested. So the goal kind of changed to from having savings of that amount to kind of having my money in savings and investments and then in regards to I guess uh, did you say about the earning and saving exactly so because 35,000 pounds is like a number but you can't really identify yourself with so is it like a big number compared to what you earn yeah you save like 20 percent do you save 10 percent do you save 50 percent what kind of saving yeah so if I'm honest with you it changes a lot. When I was started saving, when I first moved to London, I was trying to commit to saving. It was about 35% of my income. I was trying to save. Like what I learned was to be flexible with that amount as long as I was being honest with myself about where I thought I could get to. I wasn't being so rigid that I stopped myself from having fun and, you know, going on holidays and stuff like that. But there were moments where I really did cut back and said, right now, I'm not going to have these things, you know, because I need to hit like saving 30% of my income and obviously the pandemic hit (laughs) and kind of a lot of things like you know some I think everybody was kind of in the position where they either had the opportunity to save a lot because they weren't traveling but they were still getting paid or unfortunately some people in the position where they weren't saving anything now I was really lucky that I was in a position where I still had my income but I wasn't spending as much so I got a lot closer to that goal because I was able to save like 45% of my income for quite a few months because I wasn't going anywhere. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, and it's pretty great, this kind of mentality, because I've um, read a statistic not long ago about the average UK person who saves on average 8% of their salary. So having a 35% goal is uh, pretty high and pretty good. <laughs> and it got me into a really good habit of putting, prioritizing my savings before my spending. So in regards to creating a good habit, it was amazing but as I got a bit older and I changed my mindset towards I allowed myself to be a bit more relaxed with it knowing that I was in a good position I had a good emergency fund and I wanted to make sure I was still enjoying my money and I definitely think that that's important for everybody to find the balance. So you have a community online so how did you get like thousands of followers and what do they get from you and you from them? So it started my Instagram, I think it was nearly like two and a half years ago, maybe. But if I'm honest, I didn't take it very seriously for about the first year because <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of, you know, really inconsistent. I was posting like every day, then not at all for a week and it was all over the place. But then, yeah, over the course of COVID, whilst people were at home and people were more worried about money, I noticed that, you know, I just was connecting with a lot more people online and you know I was offering support around what to do with your money during COVID how to build an emergency fund what's the best place to save your money how to budget you know all of these things so from me my followers are getting a lot of information around both the emotional and the practical side of it and I think that was the kind of support that people needed throughout COVID just to know kind of the best thing to do because I think it was a panic you know it was a scary time for a lot of people especially for those people who were worried about their employment so now you know what I like to offer is it's kind of just as much as possible and bite-sized chunks of information talking about money in like a fun judgment-free jargon-free way so that it's not you know a lot of people when you go online and you're looking online at financial services like I mentioned before it's just a lot of old rich men especially in investment companies but now I'm a young female collecting connecting with a lot of other young females who feel like I'm relatable and I'm actually talking about money where I'm saying look it's okay that you want to get your oat milk lattes and your avocado on toast as long as you're still building up your emergency fund you know find the balance of spending and saving and I think that that's why people like following me <laughs> yeah that's cool and you were more focusing on saving and now you're trying to shift into like more investing and I think it's great because again there's some statistics which are a bit crazy but 90% of all the financial articles dedicated to women are actually towards spending less or anything about spending related whereas 70% of articles dedicated to men on financial matters are about investments mm. so there's a huge like investment gap so I'm really yeah. like you, you moving so where would you want your money journey to go yeah I mean I guess for me the focus is having enough money in my savings account for my emergency funds or short-term goals, you know, so like just general, you know, I'm going to hobby for next year, so I would like to have enough money, you know, I'm working towards the goal of how much I want saved. But the rest of my money, I want to be in a position where I have enough money investments that if I want to stop working by a certain age that I can, not necessarily to retire early, but just so I know that I have that option. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I think that people don't realise that, Yes, it's amazing that you're in employment and that you're getting paid monthly. But if we're not thinking about the future, you could be working till you're 70, 80. And I don't want to be in a position where I have to work. I want to be in a position where I can choose to work. And I think that's the kind of freedom of investing for me. 
That's great. And um, you do conferences, podcasts, and live. So can you briefly tell us who you did work for and how you managed to get the opportunities? And do you get paid? And, and if yes, how much? So I have, I mean, I've worked for a range of different businesses. So I do financial well-being seminars for businesses where I go in and talk to employees about how to manage their finances and money mindset and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I've done podcasts with a range of different people, a lot of different wellness or finance related podcasts. And then I've also done some few amazing PR opportunities like I was on BBC Radio and BBC London News. But a lot of the opportunities I have just found me through my Instagram and contacted me and asked me, you know, would you be interested in coming on talking about X, Y and Z? And if I'm honest, some of them I get paid for, some of them I don't. And it is a complete mix. And I think because they come at the moment, I'm seen as a financial influencer because I'm talking about it online. It really like it's the influencer world is so new. There's not really any standard, you know, costs for stuff like that. You could be getting paid £100. You'd be getting paid £1,000. Like it's a complete mix. I always leave like a few questions for the end, which are a bit more fun. So can you tell us if you've made any big money or investment mistakes and what have you learned from them? It's a really tough one because I've always played it quite safe with my money. Like I wouldn't say I'm a super risky person when it comes to like spending or investing, which is why I've been able to save so much because, you know, my mindset was before was I wanted to keep hold of all my money. I guess my biggest investment mistake was not investing sooner you know when I learned about compound interest and the power of being in the market for for a long period of time and I worked out the numbers I was like oh, I've really missed out on you know a good couple of years of investing whilst my money's just been sat in a savings account doing nothing however you know you can't I can't beat myself up for that because you only know what you know when you find out <laughs> true, true so it's more like an opportunity because that, that's super interesting So what has been your favorite feedback or one of the most fulfilling moments you tried to help someone with the finances? Um, so I worked with someone one-to-one. -one. So it was a one-to-one -one client that I had and she had quite a bit of debt and she had a really poor mindset towards money and making money. And we worked together for quite a few weeks and we worked a lot on the emotional, a lot on the practical. And yeah, by the end of it, she was just a completely different person. She went from being so scared of money and worried that she wouldn't be able to you know, do all the things that she wanted and she didn't even really know what she wanted. And by the end of working together, she just felt so positive and empowered by the changes that she'd made. And it was right before I, um, it was around the time that I just started my coaching qualification and it just really reinforced why I was doing what I was doing. It was so amazing to see like the changes that she'd gone through, you know, she was able to create a budget that worked. She changed the way that she was spending her money. She wasn't just, you know, using it as a coping mechanism and she actually had a date that she would be out of debt by. Yeah, it was amazing to see and to work with her. So that was really nice. Cool. So thank you so much, Laura, for this money mindset discussion. It's super interesting to ask ourselves all these questions and to go to the root problem, let's say, of our money relationship. And this is much needed in order to start a change. And being aware and knowing ourselves is really like the first step. So it's great. Take the time, set the base and then act. And again, having that conversation is key to empower people. Uh, it's way often more accessible than one thinks. And with your realistic goals, it's very easy to relate to you. So 
Thanks so much, Laura. Take care and um, yeah, definitely keep us posted on your exciting projects. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to chat. <laughs> yes, that's great. Bye. Bye. So that's the end of this episode. I hope you are as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you want to go further in mastering this beautiful adventure of owning your finances, please contact me. I offer workshops and coaching to guide you through. Finally, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word.